What's going on, guys? Jason Frosto for TennisUnleashed.net, and welcome to this episode of The Breaking Point, where we're previewing Djokovic versus Ben Shelton semifinals of the 2023 US Open. If you want to find out how I think this match is going to play out, stay tuned. I'm going to break this thing down next. All right, so in this episode of The Breaking Point, we're going to break down Djokovic versus Shelton and give you a nice preview of this 2023 US Open semifinal. Some context coming into this match. First of all, Shelton, 12 wins, 20 losses coming into this match with a current ranking of 47 in the world. He will be a top 20 player after this match. And Djokovic coming in 38 and five on the season with two Grand Slam victories, right? Winning Australia and the French Open and losing the finals to Carlos Alcaraz at the 2023 Wimbledon event, right? So if we look at it from that point of view, we're pretty confused as to how Ben Shelton got here, right? But Ben Shelton has a very big attacking game, and he showed that at this year's 2023 Australian Open, making a nice run there to the quarterfinals before going out to Tommy Paul. Now, Ben Shelton has made some big improvements in his game over the course of this season. He has struggled a little bit, right? 12 and 20 record coming into this event, but I'll get into that in a second why I feel like he struggled playing the tour for the first time. And it goes back to his junior days, right? So when he was a junior developing, he started at the age of nine years old. His dad was a touring pro who played in the 80s slash 90s and got to a career high of 55 in the world, had a very silky smooth game right as a young American player, played very well, and then ended up coaching college tennis at the University of Florida. Now, Ben didn't start playing until about the age of nine and then decided he wanted to be included and play tennis, was more of a football player, kind of looking forward to trying to play football and be a quarterback. And that's where that translation on the serve comes to, right? Throwing the football and then serving the ball in tennis. But Ben really developed as a later junior, right? He wasn't playing tennis at the age of four or five. He didn't start until the age of nine. So he's only really been playing tennis for 11 years. Very fortunate to have an ex-touring pro, right? And good coach as his father that could help him fast track his development. And one thing though that did cost Ben a little bit this year, I believe, is Ben was held out of ITF junior tournaments as a junior player in the US. A lot of players, especially when I was at the USTA back in 2014 and 2015, players were encouraged to play ITF junior events and really get used to a travel schedule, playing internationally, getting used to being in different time zones, different food, different things, different cultures, and experiencing that and getting used to it so that when they transition to the tour later on in their career, they'd already be accustomed to all those things. Well, Ben's dad, right, Brian Shelton, held him out of those ITF junior tournaments, allowed him to play in Florida and across the U.S., but no travel outside the country. So I believe Ben's first year on tour, number one, you're just getting acclimated. But number two, he doesn't have that travel experience that a lot of other players have growing up in the U.S. So to me, that's one of the biggest factors as to why he's had a little bit of a rough season after that initial Australian Open run, right? His first time playing on red clay, you know, was this year. His first time playing on grass was this year. He's not used to the surfaces. He's not used to the travel, the large changes in time zones, and then also the different types of food that you're experiencing when you go from country to country, right? Things can be quite a bit different. Throw that in with being just 20 years old, right? And you can see a little bit rough start to this year, but now he's picking things up at the US Open, putting it together on home soil, right? And he's doing that with a massive serve, very positive attitude, and a really good energy on the court. And if we just look at how both players got here, right? Shelton first round match against Kashin takes him out in four sets. Second round ends up playing Dominic Team wins the first set 7-6 and then Team defaults down 1-0 in the second set. 
Third round, he gets a tough opponent in Oslan Karatsev, who's been top 30 in the world before and who had a nice lead-up tournament before the U.S. Open, having a nice result on hard courts. But again, Shelton disrupts him and bagels him in the fourth set pretty comfortably. Fourth round, right? Tommy Paul, a very true test. Tommy's had a good year this year, been very solid across the board, and has been playing very well this summer. Also at a career high all time, I believe, right, you know, 13 or 14 in the world at this point. And Shelton ends up taking him out in four sets in what is a very close match there. And then we finally get the matchup, you know, with Francis Tiafo, who at this event has been playing very, very well. And Shelton comes out again there, this time in the quarterfinals, right, comfortably. 6-2 in the four sets. So Shelton has dropped some sets in each one of these matches, but overall, no five setters, pretty comfortable using that titanic serve and then that big forehand to get through all these rounds pretty comfortably. It also doesn't hurt that Shelton is a left-hander, got that wide slice on the ad side. A lot of important points are played on the ad side. So he's doing really, really well in this event. Now, if you look at Djokovic's run up to the quarterfinals, we can see he wasn't really challenged until the third round. Very comfortable in the first round, bagging Alexander Muller in the first set. Muller seemed like he was grateful or sort of relieved to even get a game in the second set and make things a little bit more competitive, but two more comfortable sets for Djokovic there. If we look at the second round, Djokovic cruised by Zapata Morales, right? It was basically... 4-1-1, one one, very comfortable in this match. Someone that can't really do damage to him and really beat him from the baseline. So again, Novak super comfortable. Where we got the unexpected surprise was in the third round, the all-Serbian matchup. Lazo Gera, right, the 32 seed against Djokovic, takes the first two sets pretty comfortably with some big, big offense and taking those first two sets 6-4, 6-4. Gera basically just cranking forehands and backhands and really doing significant damage off the ground with those shots. And Djokovic just didn't appear to really be on his game and have a lot of answers for that massive offense. I think he was thrown off by it and just really wasn't expecting it. From there in the third set, he kind of went into lockdown mode and then ends up cruising 1-1-3 one, one, and three in the last three sets of the match and takes it pretty comfortably running away. But he got tested there and he got pushed. If you look at the fourth round match, right? Borna Goyo, right? had come through the draw pretty comfortably using a massive serve to get through his matches and won his matches pretty comfortably. This one, though, pretty routine for Djokovic. Big servers who aren't super tall really don't bother Novak. And Goyo, right, big server, not super tall, not getting the ball out of Djokovic's strike zone, really didn't bother Novak. So Novak was very comfortable in this match and won it in three straight sets. And then the matchup they were all kind of waiting for, and I was expecting, was Fritz versus Djokovic in the quarterfinals. I didn't think Fritz was going to push him to five sets or do anything like that, but I thought it'd be a little bit more competitive than it was. Djokovic ran away with this 6-1, 6-4, 6-4, and we could maybe expect that because they played in Cincinnati in one of the lead-up events, right? And Djokovic put a bagel on Fritz in the first set, 6-0, and then beat him comfortably in the second set, 6-4. The only reason the sets got a little bit closer at the U.S. Open quarterfinal here is because Fritz started hitting his spots on the serve a little bit easier and was holding his service games, but Djokovic really wasn't bothered by Taylor in this match and has beaten him every single time they've played. So is there really any chance that Ben Shelton can go from NCAA singles champion a little over a year ago to beating Novak Djokovic, all-time great GOAT player, debatably right, I think he's the GOAT essentially, in the 2023 U.S. Open semifinal, there is always a chance. Some things that Ben presents that could give Novak some trouble are, number one, he's left-handed, right? 
So by default, add side, big points. He can slice the serve going away from Djokovic, try to stretch him on the backhand, get a little damage done there, where Djokovic possibly hits some short returns, and then Ben comes up to clean up the mess with a big forehand, right? Or maybe he sneaks in a little serve and volley here and there. The second element that Shelton has, which will be interesting, is he can hit 149 mile an hour serve. Now he sort of has to kind of really muscle it to get to that MPH level. Andy Roddick, I think, could do it without muscling as much, get that type of super speed on his serve or a Sam Groth. But I do think Ben has to muscle it to get it into the 140s. I think he's more comfortable in the high 120s to low 130s without really over cranking the serve. When he goes for too much, his percentages drop down as far as the numbers he makes. But it'll be interesting to see if he brings some serious heat on that serve and bring some gas on that serve. And let's see how Djokovic does with it. Novak, usually super great reflexes. So the faster the serve comes to Djokovic, usually the faster it comes back to you and the sooner it comes back to you. So it'll be really interesting to see what Ben does, knowing he can bring the heat and see how Djokovic reacts to that. And if he does, you know, what Novak essentially does. The next really interesting element of Shelton's game that could give Djokovic trouble, right, is that Titanic forehand. Tiafo Shelton saw some forehands 107 miles an hour. I saw Ben blast a forehand winner past Francis. And then I also think I saw on set point down in the third set in the tiebreaker, he hit 106 mile an hour frozen rope forehand down the line there as well, where Francis is just like, what the heck can I do against this? I mean, it was a pretty incredible shot, right? So there's a lot of things that Ben really has going for him. I also really like his two-handed backhand. He showed some variety against Francis. He was hitting his two-handed backhand because he's lefty cross-court to Francis's forehand and not just cranking every backhand. His dad wanted him to loop a few balls, get a little more net clearance, and then mix that in with some of the big backhand lasers, and his backhand has really improved a lot. If I look at Shelton from the 2023 Australian Open till now, 2023 US Open, right? We've got about a nine-month span there, eight-month span. I also think his movement has improved a lot, and he looks like a stronger, almost a football player playing tennis, right? He's got this good physical build. The guy is built, and he's strong, right? And he's also strong in his legs, which we know is also super important. But I think he brings a level of athleticism and improved movement from back in January till now that's going to help him potentially in this match. The one thing that Djokovic will do, he will hit with depth, he will hit with precision, and Djokovic's forehand has also gotten a lot better. So his ability to do damage to Shelton with depth, putting Shelton in corners is going to be on full display in this match. And we'll see how well Shelton moves in and out of corners when Djokovic puts him in these bad spots and how quickly he's able to recover. You have to be very quick in between shots to have any chance to beat Novak. If your quickness isn't up to par and your agility and your ability to recover between shots, Djokovic will beat you all day long. Some of the reasons Alcaraz challenges Djokovic so much, right? He's so agile and so quick. And then he's also explosive from really difficult positions and then can also be very consistent. He can do it all. The question with Shelton is, can he do it all? Can he be a great mover? Because you have to be a great mover to beat Djokovic. Otherwise, you're in big trouble. Another really interesting element, if we look at Djokovic's career head-to-head 
against Ivo Karlovich, it might apply in this match. And you say, Jason, how the heck does Novak's career head-to-head apply in this match against Ben Shelton? Well, Novak had some serious troubles in his career against Karlovich, right? If we look at the career head-to-head, it's two to one Karlovich. And one of the things that gave Novak the biggest trouble with Karlovich is that Karlovich's serve bounces really high, whether it's a flat serve on the first serve, a kick serve, or a slice serve, because of the contact height that Evo has on his serve, right? So this gave Djokovic a lot of trouble because it would be consistently out of Novak's contact zone and strike zone well above his shoulder. Ben is only six foot four, but Ben gets up pretty high off the ground on his serve. Now it's not maybe the six foot 11 serving angle of somebody like Karlovich, but Shelton is known to have serves that can bounce really high, sometimes clearing the back wall on a serve. If he's able to produce high bouncing serves against Djokovic, not just kick serves, but even first serves that bounce high outside of Novak's strike zone, he may get a lot of looks at short returns where he can spank some forehands into the open court or hit behind Novak. This can set him up for some very easy one-two punch type situations. But the question is, will his serve bounce high enough to really truly get out of Djokovic's strike zone? If it's a first serve, that's very difficult to do. Those are some of the biggest keys for me as I watch this match. Is Shelton's serve gonna get high out of the strike zone of Djokovic even when he's delivering slice and flat serves. Again, if that happens, there's a very good chance he can hold his service games relatively comfortably. If that's not the case, I think Djokovic is gonna do very well against purely pace from Shelton and will have no issue. I'm taking Djokovic in this match in four sets. If Ben can have a really hot set where he's hitting some of these titanic forehands from crazy positions and he's mixing up that lefty serve really well, not just hitting bombs in the lefty serve, but hitting the wide slider, hitting the slider into Djokovic's hips, hitting the flat serve, mixing in some kick serves and an occasional serve and volley, I think he has a chance to slip through with one set here. But overall, I'm taking Novak in this match, four sets or less pretty comfortably. I think we'll see though some very exciting tennis. And for Shelton, this is a very good opportunity to test yourself against the best of the best and then continue to raise your level. Because again, he's only 20 years old. He's Carlos Alcaraz's age. So for him, this is really just the beginning. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this preview and prediction of Shelton versus Djokovic 2023 US Open semifinals. If you feel like you learned something today or found this video helpful at all, make sure you smash the like and subscribe button. I'm Jason Frosto. That wraps up this episode of The Breaking Point. I'll see you next time.